0: We're back here on 790 The Ticket. I'm Brian Monroe. That's Rashad Butler. Uh huh. Joining us now on the Ryan Fuels Downstarts Convenience guest line, where they are truly steps beyond convenience, is no other than John Beeson himself, ACC Network analyst, former Kane, former Panther, former Giant. Big time. Beast, what's good? <laughs>
1: Family, my guys,
0: look at you guys doing big things. No, that's you. We're trying to catch up with you. Nah, man, you guys guys need a a third wheel, man. What's up? What's up, man? I got a couple empty seats over here, man. If you want to join the show, man, you know, whenever you're more than welcome.
2: Sign me up, man. We gotta make it happen. If it's gonna be the two of you guys, I will pop in and hang for the the whole show. Okay.
0: I mean, I don't know if is you know? really gonna want three canes in here, you know, bad mouthing everybody, but uh, <laughs> it definitely makes for some good radio. Yeah, it, it would.
2: It, it sounds pretty good to me. I mean, we, you know, right right now we we could talk a little bit. Yeah, we yeah, can we talk can based a little bit. On What's happened most recently? So yeah, we so better it, enjoy it while we can.
0: Let's go ahead and get the most recent game since uh, you know we all love when uh, FSU Who loses to Miami for the third straight, you know, you know, going into that game, you know, what did you think of the matchup? And then after it, you know, how do you feel as far as execution that Miami had?
2: Well, I think, you know, both teams have had moments, you know, just glimpses of, you know, what they can be. And then obviously, you know, there's some, some low points for, for both teams. So it was, it was hard when you watched the film to, to decide uh, who you wanted to go with, but, um, the thing is, when you when you're close down here, you talk to some of the guys. You you always know that they're gonna get up for that that FSU game, and you know doing things we hadn't done all year, which was or most recently, which was affect the quarterback on the defensive side of the ball, getting after um, whoever's playing quarterback. You know, Alex Hornibrook or uh, James Black, but it it, it really didn't matter uh, to see the guys. Um, you know, Greg Russo and uh, Trevon Hill continue to play extremely well um, on the defensive side of the ball, and then. You know being sound in, in their in their run fits, understanding how FSU wants to attack you and who you have to stop. And now was Cam Akers, did an outstanding job of, of that, especially in the run game. And then the offensive side. You know, we on the show uh, leading up right before kickoff. You know, I said it was it was the perfect narrative for Jaron Williams. You know, the opportunity with the platform. You know, you you lose your job. Uh, you know, a lot of talk about missing practice, what's going on internally. Nobody really knows what, what happened with that situation. Um, should he be the guy, um, why he did earn the job, and then, you know, to go out and do what he didn't do all year, which was, you know, hit the, the, the deep ball. That's, that's been the one thing if you wanted to critique him um, in the first five starts. It was the inability to hit the deep ball. Everything was a little short. So, uh, you know, you go out early, hit Jeff Thomas you know, later on, D. Wiggins. It was just, it was just nice to see the the execution, the passion was there. Up in in, in Dope Campbell, um, it could easily went the other way in terms of the momentum with the fans, but um, the guys came out ready to play, and that was uh, it was it
1: was a nice sight, man. It was good to see. Now, JB, you're a defensive guy. What has been the reason for this defense looking really good of late? dating back to, I think, the Pittsburgh game when they really just kind of flipped that switch and now that switch has been turned on? Well, I, I think
2: that, um, you know, we, we've we all played. You know, Rashad, you played the highest level. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Brian, we you know, we played in, in a day where it was extremely competitive at Miami, and I think that, um, you know, a lot of times when it comes down to who you start, um, it was what you did with Swayze in, in the offseason and the workouts, what he had to say, to your position, coach, if you were going to get an opportunity to play. Before, it was even X's and O's. What kind of worker is he? Does he show up every day? Does he compete? Um, is he trying to get better? Is he consistent? And I think that coaches, um, one, they forget about who you've been, but at the same time, once you label somebody, you don't know who guys are when the light's are on. And I think that um, the, the, the fact that we didn't see Greg Russo and uh, Teron Hill early in the season – as much as we should have when things weren't necessarily going well um has been a, a, the, really the key difference for me um defensively um and then in the se- and then in the secondary a lot of mentals, where where it's just getting getting lined up with motions and shifts when it when it change with change your strength or just hey it's man to man coverage you know what's your technique what's your leverage it was the, it was the, it was the little things that was costing uh the team you know huge uh huge opportunities to win football games. And then when you are a good football team, it's, it's, it's hard to get beat Bad, you know, Miami have, you know, seven games this year. That was, you know, less than one, one possession. Um, right now, the most in the, that second most in the country, only to North Carolina, who just, um, you know, just got beat by, by a touchdown to, uh, to uh, university of Virginia. So
0: thank you. you talk about
2: You know, yeah. Thank you, Virginia. Exactly. Being that close and not quite getting it, whether it's the kicking game, which we know has affected a lot of, uh, you know, end results. But when you lose a game like that once in a season, it's got to resonate with you. It's got to sit with you and say, man, what? It was just, I'm one play away, one third down conversion, one fourth and 17 stop, you know, one two point conversion, one field goal, one extra point, just the little things that have been cost in Miami because they are a good football team. And I'll always first point the finger at the coaches because, when you play well, you see a team that's disciplined, that's sound, it's a reflection of, of coaching. And they just got to get on that on that level. And I think they've done that as of late.
0: ACC Network analyst John Beeson joins the show here. All right, so we were just talking about it, and I don't think uh, Rashad and I uh, agree with the rankings that just came out as far as the <laughs> top six to ten. I feel like we could change a couple around, you know, what, what were you thinking when they first came out or when you heard about where the uh, the teams landed, as far as Ohio State being one, LSU number two. I think the biggest one a lot of people thought is Clemson being number five. You know, like what jumped out to you? Do you agree? Disagree? Because I know we disagree with a couple things.
2: Correct.
1: Well,
2: well, I think that <laughs> they're talking out of both sides of their neck. You know, I think you know you let's say you have five bullet points of the criteria what what gets you in. You know, strength of schedule. Uh, the look test, uh, being complete offensively, defensively, playing a conference championship game, not playing a conference, sh- a conference championship game, who you lost to, uh, who you beat. You know, it, it seems like it's, it's different for everybody. And, you know, the, the thing that stands out to me is, you know, you look at Clemson, obviously they started off number one, um, and that's the AP poll. Obviously that's nothing to do with the committee, but, you know, the, the slide since North Carolina, when you've only seen uh, Clemson get better since North Carolina. And if you, if they actually watch the games, they would realize that um, they're the only team in the country that has played over 100 players in two games, which means they, they get up third quarter, they pull the starters, offense, defense, and special teams, which is cool because those those guys who are backups, those younger players are the guys who are getting the, the first unit ready to play. So you reward them. Let them go out and play in a game. And, um, you know, the margin of victory is higher this year than it was last year for Clemson. So, it didn't really make sense to me. Um, You know, you talk about those criteria. you look at LSU beating three
0: top ten, top ten ranked teams. Say it one more time for everybody in the back, because I don't don't know if they heard that one. Top ten,
2: okay? I think it was two number nines and a number seven. Um, uh, That was Florida at the time. So, they were all undefeated. They've all continued to win uh, uh, since then. And those teams are still, you know, right around top 10, top 15 caliber talent. They're still hanging around where, you know, all of a sudden, if you're going to penalize Clemson for almost losing to North Carolina, well, Georgia did lose to South Carolina, a team that is not 500. And now Georgia goes out, they beat Florida, and you reward them for that win. But you forget about the fact that they did lose. So it's just been up and down. It makes no sense. I know uh, everyone's looking at, uh, you know, the margin of victory, which is not supposed to count as much now because of the look testing. They're talking about with Ohio State, how good they are on defense, only giving up, you know, 7.9 points per game and then over 48 offensively uh, scoring. So they're number one in both of those categories. Okay, cool. It's the Big Ten. Right, and we know what happens in a Big Ten championship. Role? What happens in a Big Ten championship?
0: Uh, whoever Ohio they plays gets blown out, or or they blow they blow the team out. Yeah. So
2: mm-hmm. you talk about you talk about you know parity um, within the conference. Uh, you know teams being ranked. Um, SEC obviously always have you know at least two or three other dogs right there with uh, with Alabama, who's been the most consistent team in, in, in recent history. And then you know you look at the ACC, which. You, People have been saying, "Hey, the coastal side is, is high school football, and it's amazing because if you look at what those coastal teams have done outside the conference, Miami a four point loss, you know, to a neutral site, a team that was undefeated, top ten in Florida, um, Pitt one touchdown away, or one play away, they're on the goal line to tie the game up in Happy Valley against Penn State, who's obviously in the top four right now. Um, North Carolina beating South Carolina, who beat Georgia, who was number three in the country." um and then what just happened with Virginia Tech everybody left left Virginia you know Virginia Tech for dead and they go out a 1. Point, a 1 point loss at South Bend against Notre Dame who's won 20 consecutive home games so um and they had the chance to win you know they they scored with with under 30 seconds left to to tie the game up and kick the extra point to win Notre Dame 21 20 so um, yeah, the ACC, the coastal side, they beat up on each other. But when they have to play everybody else, all of a sudden uh, they look look a little different.
1: Now, John, I want to switch gears to Willie Taggart, and I want to get your opinion, and I want to get your opinion on what do you believe was the straw that really broke the camel's back? Do you think it was just the lack of productivity offensively, him be- him being a, uh, a- an offensive guy? Excuse me. Yep. Yeah, I think I so too. I would say this,
2: man. Come on now,
1: I, I, we could would,
0: be we could be honest here, man. You know what I'm saying? I would
1: be,
2: and this is this is being this is being completely honest, especially okay. in the in where, where the, the the current climate right now the Fair Play Act, everything that's buzzing.
0: Uh oh. Uh oh. Did we, did we lose it? We
1: them? got you. Getting
2: football players. Uh, Dave Coburn is the, the AD at, at uh, Florida State University, and in his press conference, he referenced these issues. He he never mentioned, he never mentioned um, record. He said that, you know, the way we've looked has been unacceptable, but his bullet points were season ticket renewals. I quote season ticket renewals um, capacity and and reaching capacity in the stadium in terms of of, uh, ticket sales, concession, parking. You know, he's talking about bottom line, meaning money. And this is, this is sad because it's not just the goal to to win football games and to make money, but also you you're trying to affect um, positively what's going to happen with these 18 year old boys when you send them off to be men into the world. Mm-hmm. So it's not just about playing football and, and and winning games. And you know you you could talk about what happened the first year um, under last year under Willie Taggart. There was a lot of stories coming out about uh, you know the team quitting on him, him not having. Uh, a voice, control over the team, the culture. Those players did not sign up to play for Willie Taggart. They signed up to play for Jimbo Fisher, who backdoored them and left them. Meaning, and we can all attest to this. You know, your your whether it's your position coach, your coordinator, your head coach. Those are your father figures when you go off to to college.
1: I agree, but again,
2: and, go ahead. Let me ask you.
1: But wouldn't you think the sign of a good coach is to Uh, be able to have the ability to have players buy in to whatever you are trying to teach those players, like whether it's a specific system or whether you're just trying to be a leader and just trying to show players like, listen, I understand that I didn't recruit you, but I still want you here. And while you're here, I'm going to do everything I can to get the best out of you.
2: Yeah, I think that, you know, any relationship requires time. I think Uh you you have to be invested. I think that um, when you talk about caring for somebody, it's it's kind of what you've been through—the lows uh, with the highs that make that make a relationship what it is. If you just meet somebody off the street for the first day, a you know, first time, you're like, man, I don't know you. You don't care one way or the other. So, I think that it took time to buy in. But, you know, us playing in the pros. We know this. You always see that, that upward trend. You know, you go 8-8 eight because eight, we both played in Carolina. Mm-hmm. You played in Houston when, when they weren't necessarily great. Correct. You know, the 8-8, 9-7 is that upward trend. Mm-hmm. I think that the the thing that you saw from Florida State, especially early in the season, like you talk about a, a, a team that was still, the first going into this Miami game, uh, one of the, the best first-half scoring teams in all of football. So they, they had moments. You know, they're plus sixteen in, in all all five of uh all five of their home games um at Doe Campbell outside of the, the Miami game was the first time they ever didn't have a lead for the first two and a half quarters. It's 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 mind boggling. So you saw glimpses of like, man, the team could easily be undefeated. That's progress. You know, if you think that you're gonna hire a coach, and this is then this is what's funny to me. I don't care who they bring in. They can bring in Bob Stoops, who's been linked to the to the job, and so it's brother Mark. You bring in a coach right now in the current climate of recruiting. One of the, his indictments were he didn't win the big rivalry game. So you got, you know, the Miami game two years in a row. You got Florida. You got Clemson, and that's just throw Georgia in geographically, being you know uh, close to Florida State. Tell me right now, whoever comes in. And get that job? Are they going to be able to go into a kid's house and say, "Come to Florida State over Clemson with Dabo Sweeney or, or, or what's going on in Georgia, or what's going on at, at Florida with uh, with Dan Mullen? Those teams are rolling right now. In 2011, when Jimbo Fisher took over, Georgia was six and seven. Clemson was six and seven. Florida was eight and five. Miami was seven and six. It, you could easily step in. And say, hey man, Florida State, I'm a new coach, bro. I'm 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 turning the tide. And the kid's like, hmm, okay. But right now we know all all the all the ballers come from the South. So whoever comes in, it's gonna be hard to recruit. And Willie Taggart saw that. He was he was in on Justin Fields. Uh he he lost, he lost that battle, obviously. Um Jalen Hurt was talking about uh transferring to to, to FSU. Sam Howe, who Top five in touchdowns and yards in the country at North Carolina, four-star kid was committed to FSU, so they 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 were losing those battles. But it's a tough job right now, and that's just the you know those those programs are, are well-oiled machines. You know, you turn down, you could go to FSU, you go to Alabama. It's a tall it's, it's it's a tall order right now. So um, I think they pulled the plug too soon. Two years for anybody to work magic. Um, it, it's just unfair, and I'm saying that not as a, as a, you know, I am a cane. I understand that, but at the same time, I know how how long it takes to kind of build a program up. It's not overnight.
0: That's John Beeson joining the show, former Kane great, current ACC network analyst. Look, I'm getting yelled up. I'm a producer here that we need to go to break. Like, because- get him off. We We, got to go and get those, you know, the people that spend the money for this show to be on. But we want to say appreciate it, everything coming on the show, and definitely have to get you on here more often. For sure. All right, let me know. I'll come hang with you guys. Go Kings. Take it easy.